This is your other brother's podcast. Your other brothers podcast navigating faith homosexuality and masculinity together from the jewel of the blue ridge my name is tom and it's good to have you here from the city of oaks it's our other brother ryan what is up ryan hello everyone hello ryan and joining us once again from the ever enchanting land of enchantment it's our other brother matt what's up matt what up everyone what up matt it's so good to have you um you guys let's not beat around the bush we are talking about (laughs) we're talking about something today that we talked about we did talk about it a long time ago and it's honestly been a topic that i've just been putting off because why why enter into this conversation again it's it's a little messy it's a little daunting people have lots of opinions on it lots of beliefs on it and it just was easier to find other things to talk about but you guys once again we are talking about masturbation or matt as you correctly pointed out when i used to blog on zanga back in the day masturbation is such an unnecessarily long word i would just call it m just call it m and so when i was texting you guys notes about today i was just i'm not going to write that word four times in the notes like i'm just going to use the letter m as a code language so i don't have to say it essentially so we are talking about m today and can i say autocomplete is no help at all because i start typing masturbation and autocomplete like pretends not to know what i'm (laughs) typing it's the same way with other sexually charged words like i remember this happens with notes because i take all these notes on my phone like when i tried to write the word arousal it has no idea what arousal is when i try to type (laughs) masturbation it has no idea what masturbation is so yeah it's just so much easier to use the letter m and that's what i used for all of my notes today but rest assured you guys we were talking about masturbation in an episode we did a long time ago which um it kind of rose back to the surface we have our discord shout out to our discordians um there was a very in-depth i would say in-depth conversation ryan would you say that's a that's a good good descriptor about about the topic yeah it lasted like eight hours and (laughs) boy i needed a a cold glass of water afterwards i checked yeah i checked the discord like every morning and like i was i thought it was a typo at first I, i logged into discord the next morning and it was like 150 missed messages i'm like no (laughs) what no there's like usually seven or eight or 12 missed messages but there's there's like 150 comments on this topic of masturbation people going back and forth um yeah people have strong opinions and it's we're i'm gonna do my best i'll speak for myself i'm gonna do my best to keep my composure and treat this topic with the um respect and with the the seriousness that it warrants but i also know myself and know that there's this thing inside me that wants to compensate for the super serious heavy topic and make lots of jokes and so i feel like hopefully we find an even balance throughout our next hour together but you guys before we get to that matt i need to go straight to you how do you feel 
about the state of my hair. You have made your thoughts known about my hair over the course of this pandemic. And I think this is the first time we're talking on video that you see it in its new form. Yeah. So for the longest time, Tom had this stupid idea to basically grow his hair. And whenever he grows out his hair, he looks even, he looks ugly. And, and I kept telling him to cut his hair and stubbornly he would say no. And of course give his like own, like stupid, uh, stupid reasons of not cutting his hair, all that stuff. But I was adamant about him. cutting I'm his sorry. Hair. And he finally, he, no, <laughs> you finally cut your hair. So this, Hey, this is me being honest. So you finally cut your hair. I'm sorry. I, really I need like to, it. I need to call you out. On, okay. Thank you. I need to call you out on a stupid reason. I'm sorry. I don't want to get COVID at the barber shop, So I'm going to not go there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if that's a stupid reason for you. Well, you you but... could also like buy like your own, like, scissors or like no you know, yeah go no, yes, you can no. you can you shaved your head before. i'm not gonna play i'm not gonna play the game of trying to cut my hair backwards in a mirror like that is just i cannot play those mental gymnastics i'm stressed out even thinking about that oh my gosh anyways as of as of right now i really do like your hair it looks really really good when you uh revealed it to everyone on social media it's like Finally, answers to prayers. Thank God that the long hair is gone because you finally look pretty. Answers to prayers. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, before we, because we can't hang on this forever, but the, real quick, I used to have, I was rocking the stash. I, that was the big reveal is when I got the haircut, I also went with a stash for a solid week and a half. What were your thoughts on on that? Because I had mixed reviews. I will say there were a lot of haters, but there were also a lot of lovers out there. So I wanted to get your thoughts on Tom's stash. I thought it was great. Ryan approves. Aw. What about you, Matt? It actually uh, worked well with the haircut. So I actually liked Mm. it. So if my hair was long, it wouldn't have worked? Is that what you're saying? No. You would have looked like a creeper. (laughs) Yeah, I can can agree with that. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's currently not in in place. But I might bring... I eliminated it for my brother's wedding because I was trying to think long-term, like, do I want to see a picture of my mustache in these photos for the rest of my life? Probably not. But I think I'll bring it back at some point, maybe sooner than later. We'll see. Okay, and real quick, before we get to announcements, Matt, um, our last episode, Ryan, myself, and Aaron talked about church angst. And you texted me (laughs) after the episode went up and you were like, Tom, why did you not include me on the church angst? angst episode because you know i have the church angst i'm paraphrasing but i wanted to give you a platform map for no more than 30 seconds to be angsty for the listeners <laughs> why because oh you've gosh. you've written yeah. about you've written about um yeah i mean some serious disconnect with the church right yeah i i have and 30 seconds really <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, so I guess, um, surprisingly, I'm still within the church, but just not uh, the former. Um, I still go there time to time, but I've had my um, hurts, um, somewhat reconciliation, and also just, uh, I don't know, just different stuff that uh, I've had for the past, like, what, 10 years, maybe a little bit more with uh, my old church. And, um, I mean, 
there's a lot of stuff that we could unpack. Maybe we could do a part two in the future. Mm -hmm. And if we do, uh, I'm, I'm aboard for that. So that's what I'm going to say for my 45 or 30 second, like (laughs) talk. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is because I really, I knew we were going to be doing, um, the masturbation podcast and, you know, I'm trying to, trying to figure out, you know, it's, it's hard to organize sometimes because like lots of people want to be on different episodes. And I was like, I know it's like, it's like a, um, to go to sports ball, a sports analogy. It's like a manager saving his star starting pitcher for the game against like their big division rival. Like we don't want to pitch Matthew against, you know, this team when we know we have masturbation coming up and Matthew would be perfect for that. Like he might've been really good on the church angst podcast as well, but, but we need, you are a resident sex pert. That is what, that is what you are called. That is what I call you. <laughs> so. So Thank you. I hope you don't but feel I would offended. Also been, I would have. I am offended, but I'll deal with this. But I would have also been perfect on the church angst. And if we do a part two, you better put me on there. Oh, I, I will. I would never dream of ha- not having more church angst without you. So, um, okay, so I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> yes, hold me to it. Um, but yeah, it was a good episode. Good to meet Aaron on the show for the first time, and hopefully, probably not the last. So stay tuned, you guys. Um, But real quick, for announcements, you guys, I need to follow up for the Yabbers who are not aware, or for our listeners, rather, who aren't aware of what was going on in our Yabbers community. Last last time we chatted, you guys, we were talking about Yab Madness and talking about this epic bracket of 64 Yab-related items that we put into a fun bracket, and it got winnowed and winnowed down until eventually it was... It was facing off in the championship game for people to vote on. It was our classic podcast sign-off, You Are Not Alone, Even the Sparrow Finds a Home, versus bro cuddling. Or as Ryan calls it, cuddling. <laughs> he has to unmute himself. <laughs> <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't ready for me to go to him. But yeah, or, or Ryan calls it cuddling. Um, and you guys, it was, for those that don't know, I mean, it's over. It's been over for weeks now. But for those that don't know, it was neck and neck. I was watching this battle go back and forth as people in our community were voting for what would represent Yab for the year 2021. Um, what thing, what item would represent our community? And it kept going back and forth. One would take the lead and the other one would take the lead. And after a couple of days of voting, it came down literally, it was so dramatic. It came down literally to one deciding vote. And by the most razor thin of margins, the winner of Yab Madness 2021, was indeed you are not alone even the sparrow finds a home and i was happy because that was the one i voted for (laughs) but i was really excited to see um to see that this tagline which came out of psalm 84 3 it just kind of like i don't even know how it necessarily came together but it's been a part of our podcast from the very beginning and i'm glad that it resonates with so many people that people love this little sign off so um it was fun it was a fun little competition like i said we had lots as i said last time we had lots of fun entries um into this competition and i'm excited already for 2022 if we ever get there of course but um but 2022 we'll do it again and we'll we'll see we'll see if the sparrow can defend his crown. So stay tuned, everybody. But it's just such a snapshot of our community. If you guys want to be a part of the magic that is our Yabbers community, um, go to patreon.com slash bros. All the information is over there. We have the Facebook group, and now we have the Discord, and the Discord's picking up steam. It's getting more and more traction, so it's fun times. And just real quick, as some other community reminders, 
Uh, we have a Spotify playlist. If you search Heart of a Brother, we have over 100 songs that cover aspects of masculinity and brotherhood and coming of age. Some, some really great songs uh, across the board. So check that out on Spotify. It's fun to see people liking it and following it to see the counts go up. Um, we keep adding to it every week. So keep on listening. We I've gotten some really great feedback from folks who are enjoying the podcast. So, or I'm sorry, enjoying the playlist. Um, so thank you guys for, for following that. It's been fun to add to that. And as one last reminder, you guys, we're on TikTok. We're the, the newest, greatest trend to hit TikTok. Um, I forgot to mention it on the last episode when I mentioned TikTok. Um, my favorite, my because we've gotten so many questions about like people commenting. They're literally like, what is this? They have no idea what what this is. And it's a lot of undoubtedly um, gay or affirming folks who are finding our content. But there was one comment that just made me chuckle and I shared it with our, our leadership team the other month. And, and there was one person that said, what in the side B Christianity is this? And it just brought a smile to my face because <laughs> people are like, wait, what, what is this? And yes, we are a thing. We are a thing on TikTok. And I feel like there's no one else doing what we're doing on TikTok. So give us a follow at your other bros. We would love the follow. As of this juncture, I think last I checked, like over 2,800 people. It's crazy. It's crazy that so many people have followed this little, this little account, but it's been, it's been fun. It's been fun to film and record and, and put these things together. I'm imagining weird Jesus's voice saying, what in the side B Christianity what? is going on here? <laughs> if you could reach out to Pastor Matt, Ryan, and have him record that for me, that would <laughs> low key, that would be, that would make my, I mean, my, my life has already been made by even knowing he exists and meeting him in the flesh, but adding cherries upon cherries upon whipped cream to this cake would be, would be so great. Um, no, no voicemails to share today, but I did want to mention that you guys, it was my birthday in, in between the last podcast and this one. And our community is just wonderful. So many people called once again, it was like, it was not quite the, the landslide of Christmas when 20 some people called, but, um, but we had a few people call the Yob line wishing me a happy birthday. Um, it just felt awkward. Just like playing their messages here. But I wanted to verbalize my thanks, my gratitude for members of our community who knew it was my birthday, um, who called the ad line on my birthday. It really just, I had a great day. It was, it was, it was a great day to feel loved and affirmed by, by so many within the community, certainly, and then beyond as well. So thank you guys. Love all of you. And let's get to our sponsor for this episode. <laughs> so our sponsor today, um, there was a sponsor and then this sponsor pulled out at the last oh, second. I can't wait to hear what this is going to be. <laughs> so, um, is it stepping in? Is it beats? <laughs> no, no, that would be like beats by Dre. Is that what you're talking about? The, no, like the, the vegetable headphones. Oh, the vegetable or the gourd or whatever that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's not beats. Um, no, it was going to be lotion, but Lotion pulled out and then coming to the rescue was kittens. Kittens, what? because as we all know, every time you masturbate, you kill a kitten. So you do not, the, the kittens are coming in to defend their honor, their livelihood even. Kittens should be like anti-sponsoring it. Like they should be paying us who, to Who not. on earth says that? They, uh, it's a thing, oh Matthew. My Have you ever heard that? Like growing up, like don't masturbate, you'll kill a kitten. Did you not hear that growing up? Never. It was like, it was like one of the first internet memes. 
It was like uh, this image of this Japanese puppet character named Domoku, and he's like this brown rectangle chasing a kitten. And the caption was, every time you masturbate, God kills a kitten. God kills a kitten. So there's some millennial internet history for you Zoomers. Well, it never reached to the reservation, so (laughs) I don't know anything about this. (laughs) Maybe there's different different, um, reactions to masturbation on the reservation. That is, I'm excited actually to hear how masturbation was treated on the reservation. We're going to get to that in a hot hot second, but... um, but yes, kittens. That is that is the sponsor for this episode. They're they're stepping in because they just want they just want to they know this is a tender conversation and they again want to just they want to stay alive. So that's why they're here today to to hopefully appeal to our listeners to stay alive. <laughs> Let's get to masturbation. So I am I don't know if anxious is the right word. I mean, maybe I guess I'm anxious. I don't want to to minimize my feelings. That's what I learned working with kids who had trouble processing their emotions. It's like, don't minimize. If you feel a little anxious, you're anxious. So I am anxious about this episode, but I will say on the spectrum of church angst to fetishes, I'm like, I'm not nearly as far gone in my anxiety to fetishes as I was. Um, But there is trepidation because I, not that I'm necessarily nervous to talk about masturbation, but I also, it's mainly because I think of the response and I think the discord discussion that i saw on our in our community recently uh it just get, reminded me that this is an important topic it's not one we can just avoid i think this is a really relevant important topic to discuss mm-hmm. and we did do it back in the day we just it hasn't been redone since that episode is is no longer available and so it was just a matter of when we got back to it and i you know it's been on my spreadsheet looking at it i see it popping up every once in a while like oh there it is we could redo that episode at some point but why why now why why of all times now um and the discussion really just kind of reminded me that, yeah, it's something that we should talk about. Um, but it brings me anxiety because I know people have landed in some really distinct places on various ends of the spectrum with this issue. And um, I don't know, I just want to do the episode justice and I just want to make sure we treat it with um, with reverence and that everyone is heard from all sides of it. And that um, even if you disagree with any of where the three of us have landed, that it can still be a, a beneficial discussion in an episode so i don't know does that does that kind of land ryan you mentioned you were anxious do you does that land with you or do you have any other anxieties that i haven't mentioned yeah yeah no i think you summed it up i mean my uh my personality is that i want the best possible uh the best possible like representation of all sides of an argument to be present and um, and I think we owe it to ourselves and to our community to engage with the best possible versions of the the arguments um, that we're arguing against, like uh, the best possible representation of of opposing arguments. And so I know I can uh, I, I guess I guess what I'm anxious about is just making sure that um, that we present. Uh, present all that as best as we can. And I know that I'm not up to it on my own, which is why I'm glad I have two other people here too. Oh yeah, for sure. There's no way I could just talk about masturbation by myself for an hour. No one wants to listen to that. Um, Matt, I need you to be completely honest. I know you never you, you never shy away from honesty. Are you anxious about this conversation? No. There you got. It. There you have it, guys. Yeah, it must I be great to be an ape. Yeah. 
I can't imagine you being anxious about things, Matt. I'm I'm sure it happens every once in a while, but that's one thing I admire about oh, you. Oh yeah, there 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 are some stuff where I am anxious about, but we haven't gotten to that uh, to those topics yet. So we'll mm. see in the future of Matt. what topics I will be anxious about. Yeah, I need you to send me a list of topics that bring you anxiety, and I want to schedule that podcast <laughs> asap. I can't wait. Well, I well I need to figure out like. I actually really need to think about what stuff that I'm I'm actually anxious about of different topics. And I say that with a joke, so, but it's just like to round you out because you come across as a very confident person, which is fine, which is great. We love your energy, your eight energy. But it would be you. great. It would be great to dive into more a more vulnerable side of Matt. And so if that's something that you're open to exploring, please, please let me know. But before, yeah, so I, I figured, okay, so I'm glad we, we cleared the air with with kind of our feelings going into this episode. Um, and I thought to kick us off, it would be good to even define what it is we're talking about. It's always good to, to define the terms and the topics that we're looking at. Um, and one of our yobbers, by the way, I need to put this as a PS. So I put out, as I usually do with podcasts, I put it out to our yobbers on Facebook and Discord, asking them for questions about this topic. And we definitely got some, we got some good ones, and we're going to try to hit as many as possible in this hour together. Um, but here's something that's really cool, because we did this episode years ago, one of our first batch of episodes, and I hunted down the old thread on our Facebook group for this topic when we asked questions the first time. And it was really fun because there was like a hundred comments on that thread. And it was fun to go back down memory lane and remember some of the questions from that topic. And so sprinkled in, Preston sprinkled in, with these questions from the last 48 hours are also questions that were asked like three years ago, four years ago, when we did this episode the first time. So it's gonna be really fun to kind of bridge the generations of Yab um, with with our episode today because there are so many, so many good questions, and and undoubted, undoubtedly there will be stuff that doesn't make it onto this episode that you're listening to. So again, another reason to join Patreon. This will be a lot of. I'm sure there'll be a lot of bonus content on this episode um, on the Yabalog, which we'll put out. I think next week, in the next, I don't know, next couple of weeks, there'll be a new Yabalog with bonus content. So, so yeah, really great questions. Thank you guys for asking them. We're going to do our best to get to as many of them as possible. Um, but here's what one of them, here's what one of them asked. He just wanted to know straight up, what constitutes masturbation for you guys? Does it have to involve orgasm? And so what I thought would be fun, it was just do a quick little round, quick little go around the circle. What does people say? And then we're going to go to Queen Miriam as we love to do, and see what Queen Miriam Webster has to say about, <laughs> about masturbation. Because <laughs> she, 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 she wasn't afraid to go there. Our Apple phones might be afraid to go there, but Queen Miriam, mm -hmm. she's not afraid. So Ryan, wh what do you think? Can you masturbate without orgasming? Is that um, possible? I would define masturbation as stimulating oneself with the intent to orgasm. Um, so I think that if, uh, if you, uh, fail to orgasm for whatever reason, or, you know, don't get around to it, or, uh, or if you're doing something that feels good, but isn't going to lead to orgasm, then I don't, I don't think it's really masturbation or, or at least that's not, it's not masturbation worth discussing in a setting like this. Like it's not worth kind mm -hmm. of. Uh, talking about oh is this is this moral or immoral is it wise or unwise it's it's not really to me it's not really worth 
worrying about, at least. What do you say, Matthew? I mean, as a whole, yes. um, That if you do masturbate, like, I mean, it is for the intent of um, orgasm. But I mean, if you're not, then you're basically edging. So that's, that's it. So, yeah. That's where that's right. Using urban urban dictionary terms. I don't know edging. (laughs) We'll get to that. No, it was really funny, Ryan. You were mentioning there was a friend that we have that was giving you um, euphemisms for what we're talking about today. It was funny too because I mentioned this on our Zoom call, our last Zoom call on church angst. Actually, I mentioned that we were talking about masturbation next, and right on cue, we love our we love our yabbers. As the call was ending, people were putting their their. Euphem- their favorite euphemisms for what this is. Because I also mentioned I can't write that word on Patreon. Patreon will not let me publish <laughs> an update using that word. And so I have to like get creative with how am I going to say that this is what we're talking about on our next Zoom room. But um, but lots of euphemisms out there. Y'all can, <laughs> y'all can Google um, what, what they are. So many creative, creative expressions for this, for this topic. Um, well, here's what Queen Miriam has to say. Agree or disagree, she's the queen. So that's just what it, it is what it is. Um, she defines masturbation like this. Erotic stimulation, especially of one's own genital organs, commonly commonly resulting in orgasm and achieved by manual or other bodily contact exclusive of sexual intercourse by instrumental manipulation, occasionally by sexual fantasies or by various combinations of these agencies. Miss Miriam needs to like take a deep breath and calm down. I know, for real. But then again, like she's clean. I was so. expecting. <laughs> I I was expecting a four-word definition, and she gave me a whole paragraph. I know, like is. it just kept going and going. I was like, "Whew, this is a lot." <laughs> she wanted to be thorough. She wanted to yeah. be thorough. Um, so there you go. Commonly resulting in orgasm. So maybe not necessarily. That's what she would have to say. Um. Which also begs, which also like introduces one of my favorite adjectives of all time, which is masturbatory. Have you guys ever used that word? Masturbatory? I've never even heard the uh, word before. It is masturbatory. <laughs> it's a it's a very handy word if you dare to use it. Yeah, it's 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 going to draw some attention. It's going to draw some eyes. Um, masturbatory. Its definition is very simple for the most part of or relating to masturbation, concerned with the practice of masturbation. But again, Queen Miriam, she's she doesn't stop there. She wants to keep going. Um, also defines it as excessively self indulgent or self involved. So she's going places with that, which mm-hmm. may enter the conversation today. Our masturbatory conversation or if you're british masturbatory (laughs) i mean she is the queen so i guess she has the right to say all those stuff she is the queen um okay masturbation you guys let's dive into it what is your first recollection of this act this concept this topic did you hear about it first and then do it did you do it and then hear about it like i kind of want to do a quick little go around and, and, and share some introduction stories because, uh, again, I think we all, we all come across it one way or another in one way, shape, or form. So I'm, I'd be curious to hear how you guys even learned that it was a thing. Matt, let's go to you first. How did you come across masturbation? How did you come across masturbation on the res? That is what I and our dear listeners want to know. I think I experienced um, it first, then heard 
uh, about what masturbation was, um, most likely through school. And um, yeah, I, from from my memory, I know I've I've probably like maybe jacked off um, when I was like probably twelve or thirteen, and that's when like puberty hit for me. So, um, and then throughout um, school year, going uh, uh, through high school, um, just hearing um, just the word masturbation and, and other students, uh, um, their definition and me just trying to like, I don't know, wondering what that is. And then I think from there, around that time, that's when the, uh, me looking at porn started and it's like, oh, so that's what it is. And I finally know what the term is, masturbation. And then other terms came in throughout uh, the years of me going through high school. And then, of course, me having my first sexual ex- experience um, in college and yada, yada, yada. So, so to recap, you experienced it before you heard about it. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And you were 12 or 13? Yeah, like around that's there. Um, interesting. That's, yeah. I'm not going to, no spoilers yet, but no, that's young. I was younger. Let's just say that. Okay, Ryan, let's go to you. What is about your introduction to this? Um, my recollection is a little dim. I, it was about the same time though, maybe seventh or eighth grade. Um, I honestly can't really remember whether I had heard about masturbation in vague terms from some sort of Christian resource, like focus on the families, like, you know, sex ed thing that, that my dad very painfully made me listen to, um, on the way to school. Um, Uh, on the way to school, on the way to school in the morning, Tom, this is like before (laughs) 8am. Um, Oof, okay. And uh, and of course, it was just in very vague terms and did not, you know, mm. did not give step by step instructions, right? Um, but but I do, I think, yeah. But but I do remember kind of discovering it for the first time around then. I, I do remember having like enough enough uh, sexual education under my belt not to be surprised at the results. Um, but I don't, but I do remember kind of not really knowing much else besides, besides what, uh, what, what the result of an orgasm would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you described it using language of like dim, like a dim recollection. Cause it is kind of hazy in my head as I'm trying to like recall back to it. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, I haven't listened back to that old masturbation episode we did, but I'm pretty sure I shared on the original episode that I discovered, I actually discovered, I didn't discover masturbation in a swimming pool. That sounds really grotesque, but I discovered the, it was like the gateway to masturbation because I, I distinctly remember being at the YMCA swimming pool and climbing onto a raft and feeling something down there. I'll just say that. And I was like, oh, what is that? What is that? And what I do remember then is like, I must have been in fourth grade, fifth grade. So I was probably eight, nine, maybe 10 years old um, when my mom had this like back massager with like those little pulsating heads. You guys know what I'm talking about? Do you like put them on your shoulders? Mm-hmm. You see where I'm going mm-hmm. with this? Yeah. <laughs> I was massaging my thighs one night, you guys, because I was just like, oh, this feels good. And I was massaging my legs, my thighs. 
and it slipped. It slipped, oh, you guys. Oh, it slipped, huh? It quote unquote, it, unquote slipped. It slipped, and I swear, it took me back to the YMCA, YMCA swimming pool, and I was like, what just happened? Um, and that is that is how I discovered masturbation. It was never, certainly never through any material, no books, no conversations, either at home, church, school, nowhere. Like that conversation was never heard. I never even put words to it. I thought this was this, it was this thing that I discovered. I don't know if anyone, I don't know if you guys relate. I'm sure there are people out there listening. I've seen comments coming in where people thought like I discovered something that no other human has discovered. Like I can touch myself and create these feelings and it was euphoric. I mean, there's no other word to it. It was like, it was like, how, how is this? A th- how have I discovered this? How am I the only one who knows about this? Cause I didn't hear about it for a couple of years. I mean, going, I think the first time I, didn't, I heard about it must've been maybe seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah. Somewhere in that time frame, um, where I would hear guys joking about it and making, you know, crude, crude humor about this topic. Um, and then I started getting clued in like, okay, this is a thing that even though teachers, administrators, parents, Sunday school teachers, what have you, no one else is talking about it. But these boys being boys, they're they're talking about it. So that's that's how I learned about it verbally. Um, but for the longest time, I mean, gosh, for like three, two, three, four years, maybe like I didn't have any words to even put to it. It was just this thing that I discovered um, with a slip. It was it was an innocent slip, you guys. I promise, it wasn't intentional. Um, I'm curious because one of our yabbers asked, as a kid growing up, um, when you were first introduced to masturbation, did that negatively? or positively influence how you perceived that activity. Was there anything, yeah, was there anything about it, you guys, when you first discovered it? That, did it bring about shame? Did it bring about, was it just positive, like this feels good? Um, was it a mix of both? Like what, what was kind of your your first feelings about it? Yeah, so for myself, it's, um, uh, of course, it brought arousal and happiness and all the good stuff. And it wasn't until um, I heard whether I, whether it's from my parents or from, I don't know, adults um, that it was bad. And then I of course hit it because of that. It's like, Oh, if this is bad then, but yet it feels so good, then it must be bad, but also I'm confused. So what's going on here? And then of course, uh, me growing up in the church and my dad being a pastor, uh, he would talk about sexual sin, being sin, all this stuff. It's like, okay, well, I need to keep this hidden and not really tell anybody. And yeah, that's how my mm-hmm. experience was. Yeah, that's an interesting experience you have as a as a PK, as a pastor's kid to discover masturbation and what to do with that. I can only imagine how that lands differently than <laughs> than a lay person like myself or like Ryan. Um, Ryan, how about for you? Yeah, I, there was uh, there was a lot of shame initially. Um, and I think that's because I grew up in a Christian culture that just sort of attached shame to anything sexual by default. Um, you just sort of assume that if it's pleasurable, then then it's bad. Uh, and, um, and, and so my, my parents actually, um, kind of their official stance that they told me was if it helps you not, uh, have sex outside of marriage, like if it helps you stay abstinent, uh, before marriage, then, uh, then 
we don't think it's a bad thing to masturbate. And internally I was like, well, I don't, I don't think that's what's keeping me from having sex outside of marriage. (laughs) Um, but I guess like, sounds good. Guess it's not too bad. Right. Um, but wow, then, so they actually they actually verbalized that to you as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I mean, okay. it, it wasn't exactly a stamp of approval, but it was yeah, like, not not a blanket like never ever ever do this. Yeah. Um, but then different other Christian voices from outside my household um took much more rigid and severe stances about masturbation. Mm-hmm. That's interesting though, yeah, to get that perspective from uh from your parents growing up matt did you mention if your parents did they ever mention that to you or did you just have to piece that together yourself they never gave me the talk so i had to piece everything together by myself yes going back to our sex talk episode i did not receive that talk either so if i wasn't told about sex i certainly wasn't told about masturbation so it was like totally left for me to uh to piece together and figure out i can remember like the first couple times i did it where it was just a purely pleasure experience and i don't remember shame like i said it felt like i opened a a treasure chest right and i just discovered this treasure that had been i guess had been there all along right and then i just found it i discovered it one day um but then i definitely recall i can definitely recall yeah somewhere in that sixth grade certainly seventh grade time frame where it was accompanied by a lot of lustful thoughts and so we'll we'll get into that as far as um what constitutes sin or not sin or is it okay is it not okay we'll, we'll get into that later in the conversation but um that's where it starts to get a little hazy and definitely brings about feelings of shame um when i look back on my childhood and there is there is definitely a point it's it's a little weird I'm, i was a weird kid i mean i hope hopefully that's not too shocking for our listeners to uh to discover now um but i remember i had this whiteboard hidden in my room and I would keep track of because I just felt I felt this this nagging thing inside of me that's like this isn't right I don't want to do it I feel shame afterward it feels good but then I just it brings about all these extra emotions that I don't want and I don't feel like honor the Lord and so I would literally like draw a line in the sand a, a line on the marker board and say this is it this is the last time I'll ever masturbate ever again and I can remember in my head like writing the date down of when I masturbated and maybe I lasted three weeks or six weeks or something until the next time, but then there was another time. And so then what I would do, I was, I would cross that out and then I would write another day. No, this is the last time. This is the last time I masturbate. And I did that. It got to a point where I eventually was like, this is stupid. This is silly. Cause I did it like nine or 10 times where I had all these dates on my, on my whiteboard, which chronicled the number of times that I, ma- I masturbated in whatever year that was seventh grade, eighth grade. It was, it was, it's comical looking back now. I don't know if any other one, any other children out there did that, but that is what I did. Ryan and Matt are speechless. They have nothing to say. <laughs> I mean, you had a weird childhood, so I, I never did anything like that. Yeah. You didn't track, you. You didn't track your masturbation sessions? That's no. How sad. Yeah, no, I lived a normal life. Jeez. <laughs> I oh was trying gosh. to honor the Lord. I was trying to like what is what brings honor to the Lord and I felt like this didn't and I was keeping track and trying to limit it. 
It's what I, it's all I knew at the time. I was terrified. I was terrified to write anything down about anything, you know, never leave (laughs) the trail. I was like, yeah, I I would have been terrified that somebody would ask me, Hey, what's this date and this line (laughs) on your whiteboard? I was going to say, I would fail to come up with a sufficient lie. Yeah. I was going to say, it wasn't like there wasn't a header above it that said last jerk off this day. Like it just was a date. It was just a date. And that's all zero days since Tom masturbated. (laughs) Right. I didn't, I didn't spell it out, you know, because I was, yeah, I think I was afraid absolutely that someone would, would stumble upon it. But man, it feels like I have like a really good normal life right now. (laughs) Anyway, that's, that's a little sneak peek into Tom's childhood, into my masturbatory childhood. Um, Well, you guys, I want to quickly not quickly, because this is actually going to take a little bit of time, but I want to go to the Bible and, and talk about three. I picked out three passages in particular, and we're going to lean heavily toward one of them. But I wanted to read a couple passages out there and then chime in, you guys, if you have any thoughts, especially with that that last one. Um, but it's fun. It's fun to like read through Scripture and just see what all is in there, because there's some... There's some steamy, like detailed things in scripture if you dig around. Um, and it's it's interesting to see what is what is mentioned and what's not mentioned and what we're left to connect the dots with. And that's where a lot of the debate comes in. But um, <laughs> I don't think this is necessarily, this isn't about masturbation, but in Genesis 38, there's the, people will mention this story a lot in this conversation, the story of Onan. Hey, pastor's kid, do you know the story of Onan? I do. You know the story of Onan? What's the story of Onan, Ryan? Do you want to summarize? Uh, Onan was a guy uh, whose brother died with no children. And so according to the practice or the custom, or I guess the law, God's law of leverage marriage is what it's called. Uh, It was Onan's duty to... um, to impregnate his dead brother's wife and bring forth offspring from from his sister-in-law so that his brother's line would go on so that his brother's name would not be cut off from Israel and and so that his brother could continue to sort of uh, be a part of the covenant that God made with uh, with Israel that was uh, propagated from generation to generation through biological offspring. And so, uh, so that's what Onan was supposed to do. Uh, Onan did not do that. Onan, uh, Onan instead uh, declined to impregnate his brother's wife. And I think the, as the phrasing goes, spilled his seed on the ground. Mm. Um, so happy birthday to the ground. Um, <laughs> if you know that reference. And he basically, he basically said, screw this. And then didn't screw yeah, his yeah. brother's wife. Um, so. And I think maybe God smote him dead for that. I The, the ending of the story is a little hazy for me. Yeah. Yes. Let me read it for, that was so well put, Ryan. Oh my gosh. Biblical scholar here over, <laughs> over there in the city of Oaks. Um, yeah. In Genesis 38, um, Onan knew that the offspring would not be as it's verse nine. Um, whenever he went to his brother's, whenever, okay. I love how, at least this is ESV. I don't know how other versions put it. I would love to read the message translation of this. Actually, I should have gotten that. Um, but it said, <laughs> so whenever he went in to his brother's wife, wink, wink, he would waste the semen on the ground so as not to give offspring to his brother. And what he did was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And he put him to death. So, not masturbation, but there is this like it enters the conversation because it's like this waste of 
the phrase in, the, in this translation anyway, I'd have to go back to other translations, but at least in this translation, this, this phrase waste of semen on the ground, like what is semen for if not to create life is kind of what a lot of anti-masturbation people will, will say in this conversation, even though it's not about masturbation in the story, but the concept of wasting your semen, wasting your seed um, comes up. I don't know. Have you guys ever, this is a, an aside that I didn't, it just kind of hit my, in, in, went into my head. Um, like, is that something you've ever thought about? Like when you masturbate, assuming you do, I mean, I'm not going to assume that you do or you don't, or you haven't since the whiteboards of old, but, um, have you thought about that? Like this is seed, this could create life. And I am not creating life in this moment. Is that a thought that you ever think? As in like, this is like 5 million babies or something. <laughs> or yeah, but there, the there would be one at least in there that would create life. Yeah. But did you ever think about that? Not. Not frequently. That's no. a no. <laughs> That's a no. I've thought about it. No, I've never thought about that. But no, I've never, ever, ever thought of that. Even like, even before what you said. Well, like, you're going you to think like, about it hey. now. A truly holy and biblical man of God learns how to ejaculate precisely one sperm at a time. So as not to waste any. <laughs> sure. One at a time. Sure. That is true that there are, however, yeah, thousands, millions even that go into oblivion. That's that's kind of a wild thought. But I don't know. It's, just, it's not a thought I'm actively thinking when I've masturbated, but it is something that occasionally crosses my mind. Like, huh, if I was gay, if I wasn't gay, what, what would I think? Would it change my opinion on, on anything? That's an interesting thought experiment. I don't know. I just thought I'd put that out there. Maybe get some feedback from our listeners about that. You ever think about yeah, the and, 5 million sperm? And, and I hadn't thought about this before that like if I believe God is calling me to celibacy, then also like what do I believe uh, then the the purpose of of my seed is yeah. my semen, you know, like yeah. yeah. And and so that's why that's why I don't think uh, that's one one of the many reasons I don't think this story has a lot a lot of bearing on the the conversation. Yeah, I wanted to mention it real quick because it's it's like tangential. I think it's there's something in there. But um, moving on to Jesus, um, wanted to get y'all's thoughts on this. We we know his his story about um, looking upon a woman with eyes committing adultery in your heart, even if you don't do anything physically with her. Um, and Matthew 5, he references something very specific. He says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. Do you think in an outs, what are, what are the odds? One, like one in a hundred, one in a million, one in a thousand that Jesus has the notion of lusting within the context of masturbation in mind here. Is that something that you even, it's interesting that he picks the hand, isn't it? Or is it not in the context of this conversation on adultery? Any, have you given that any thought, Matt? No, I haven't. <laughs> Matt, Matt, what have Jesus you thought is about? Jesus <laughs> and he's uh, not in a way where you're putting it. I mean, Jesus is Jesus. Geez, Tell I, me more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like, he probably had sexual desire desires like growing up and also in towards the ministry, but masturbation, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't do it. And I don't know, just like kept himself pure because um, I mean, like he was the perfect man, the perfect God man for all of us. And yes, he um, had temptations like all of us, but yet he didn't, he didn't 
um, sin and whether masturbation is sinful or not. I don't know. Um, but for Jesus, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't masturbate, but um, well, see, the it's interesting. Was there? It's interesting yeah. that you yeah. are going straight to did Jesus masturbate? Because that is actually a question that one of our yobbers asked eons ago. Do you think Jesus mm-hmm. masturbated? And I was just asking you the question: Do you think he's referencing? Again, maybe not fully, not head on, but like including including in this conversation about cutting off your right hand. That one of the reasons you might do it is because of this particular arena. But it's interesting because it's like that is a thought experiment of like, do you want in a comment of someone asking, do you think Jesus masturbated? It, it was he framed it because it was like it's almost like asking, do you do you think your parents still have sex today? Like it, it adds a lot of layers to the kind of like, what are you where are you coming from with that question? And what layers are you expectations are you putting on it? Like it's a fat again, another fascinating like little thought experiment that I don't know if any of you guys have feedback on. But that's that's another question people asked. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've thought about that before, and it's been talked about. Th- this particular moment in the Sermon on the Mount has been talked about to me, or has been taught to me in this way before, mm. that um, that this is suggesting teaching on masturbation. I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a smoking gun, but I think it would make a lot of sense if he's talking about lusting and then masturbating here. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting that he uses that particular body part. It's an interesting choice. Um, but the, the, the passage we need to hone in on, you guys, this is the one. This is the granddaddy of masturbation scriptures. <laughs> we, we have to go there. And I thought it'd be beneficial. I mean, it's a little long, but I thought it'd be beneficial to read these 18, 18 verses in Leviticus. It is Leviticus 15 for all our Leviticus stands out there. Um, and I wanted to read it. And, and then we'll just kind of discuss it a little bit and, and dive into it. And then we'll shift to what we believe. So we kind of go from scripture and then taking these, I just picked out these two passages plus this one. And so there are plenty of other ones you could reference about like self-control being one of the fruit of the spirit. Does masturbation break that? Or, you know, there's plenty of other directions you could take with, with scripture and masturbation, even though it doesn't mention it like specifically. But I thought I'd read the first 18 verses of Leviticus 15 and then get Ryan and Matt's thoughts along with sharing my own. Um, Here's what it says. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, when any man has a discharge from his body, his discharge is unclean. And this is the law of this uncleanness for a discharge, whether his body runs with his discharge or his body is blocked up by his discharge. It is his uncleanness. Every bed on which the one with the discharge lies shall be unclean and everything on which he sits shall be unclean. And anyone who touches his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whoever sits on anything on which the one with the discharge has sat shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whoever touches the body of the one with the discharge shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And if the one with the discharge spits on someone who is clean, then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And any saddle on which the one with the discharge rides shall be unclean. And whoever touches anything that was under him shall be unclean until the evening. And whoever carries such things shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Anyone whom the one with the discharge touches without having rinsed his hands in water shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. 
and an earthenware vessel that the one with the discharge touches shall be broken, and every vessel of wood shall be rinsed in water. And when the one with the discharge is cleansed of his discharge, then he shall count for himself seven days for his cleansing, and wash his clothes, and he shall bathe his body in fresh water, and shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons and come before the Lord to the entrance of the tent of meeting and give them to the priest. And the priest shall use them, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord for his discharge. If a man has an omission of semen, he shall bathe his whole body in water and be unclean until the evening. And every garment and every skin on which the semen comes shall be washed with water and be unclean until the evening. If a man lies with a woman and has an omission of semen, both of them shall bathe themselves in water and be unclean until the evening. So Levitical law, man, they covered no, no stones left unturned. They they covered this. <laughs> They cover this issue, I feel like. Um, and then right after that, we won't read that, but then right after that, it's talking about women's menstrual cycles and periods and same same, same process for women about washing and unclean and this, this kind of process of two turtle doves and two pigeons and sacrifices and all of that. So I don't know. That's uh, It's interesting. It's interesting reading the first bulk of that. It's talking about a discharge and then... And then it's like specifically shifts to an emission of semen. I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts on that. If they're like, does it all sound the same to you? Or is there a differentiation there of like a nocturnal emission versus like intentionally either having sex with a woman as in the last verse there or or potentially masturbating? Like, I don't know. What have you guys heard about this? Well, uh, contrary to what you said earlier, Tom, I am not, in fact, a biblical scholar, but I would <laughs> feel pretty confident in saying that the talk of uh, discharge has more to do with like uh, something unhealthy, like an STD kind of discharge, um, mm. because it's treated with much more gravity. Uh, and then later on in the chapter, at the end of the chapter, uh, it says, this is the law for him who has a discharge and for him who has an emission of semen. So at the end of the chapter, it really, to me, it, it, it kind of treats those two things as different. Uh -huh. um, you know, and, and if you have a discharge, you have to wait eight days or something until you're clean and then you make a sacrifice. And I mean, I don't, I don't think this is saying every time you have sex with your wife, you have to wait eight days to do I was like, at all and then, and then kill two <laughs> turtle doves and then you're fine. I was like, forget the kitten, save the turtle doves, save the pigeon. Right. <laughs> because man, all of a sudden it's like, you really have to go and throw a lot of turtle doves. Count, there. The, <laughs> count the cost, you know? <laughs> uh, well, that's interesting. STDs. Like I, I hadn't had that perspective or that lens um, before. Um, Matt, you're a PK. You're the biblical scholar. If there's anyone in the room, you you should know, right? Or do how do you know anything about this? Um, yeah, and also somebody who had two STDs That's in right, his lifetime. And you blogged about um, it as well. Shout out! I would to actually, your blog. yeah, I yeah, I blogged about the first one. Yeah, um, I would actually have to agree with uh, Ryan with this one because with those two, it, it does seem separate, and with the cleansing and uncleansing, and also the ritual. It, it would make sense about STDs. But then again, like if you do get an STD and I mean, they were in the desert. They, um, I mean, there's sand everywhere. And not only that, but they were in, they were walking through foreign land, touching stuff. And I mean, like you could contract like whatever on 
uh, out uh, in um, where they're where they were at. And I mean, I mean, if they had sex with another person, committed adultery, I mean, of course they would die. But I I wouldn't be surprised if um, if them touching stuff of whether it's I don't know on like uh, uncleansing water or whatever, like they would have stuff on their hands and like they wouldn't wash like a lot of their body parts. I mean, as I well. appreciate so. I appreciate the sanitariness that the Lord is giving here of like, okay, don't yep. be touching food. Don't be touching people. Like, I don't know. They don't have antibacterial soap back then. Like how, I don't know. It's just like a lot of it is very practical when no. you think about it, but, but I'm just curious about like all the language of discharge and semen. Like, again, this is one that a lot of anti-masturbation people will land on as like, it's very clear right there. And then, but then the issue is like, is he calling it a sin? Is he saying you're unclean, bring a sacrifice and then wait a certain amount of time and then you become clean again? I don't know. There's a differentiation there, I guess, between what is unclean. Because yeah. after that, a woman having her period, that's not sinful. It's not sinful yeah. to have a period. Right. It's, it's just a state of uncleanness, not being sanitary. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we differentiate that, I guess? Right. My understanding of Levitical law and uncleanness is that uh, it's not the same thing as morality. Mm -hmm. Um one one to one like sometimes there is like some resonance there but like you know handling a dead body makes you unclean right. but someone's got to do it you know um right yeah 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 the other thing that i observe about this passage is that it doesn't really it it just talks about the emission of semen it doesn't talk about the act of masturbating it doesn't really it doesn't really that much talk about whether the man laying with the woman, whether that's moral or immoral. It just, it, it seems like it's more focused on the cleanliness aspect, like the, um, the, the sanitary aspect right. of bodily fluids. Right. And this is a good segue because we're starting to nitpick and we're starting to analyze and where we, I, I would be curious, yeah, to like now dive into kind of where we've landed on this issue and, and using scripture as a guide, even though we, I feel like we're in agreement that it's not necessarily, it's not super laid out in, in these books that tell us, do we do it? Do we not do it? We have maybe some hints, maybe some guideposts along the way, but, um, but I'd be curious to hear like kind of where you've landed with, with this issue, because, um, one of our yobbers was very astute. He had some good comments in that masturbation discussion, but he commented, I think what it comes down to is what you think sex was defined for. Um, is sex made for procreation, for relational intimacy, for physiological release? Um, depending what you believe about sex will be very likely influencing how you view masturbation or quote unquote solo sex within God's design for sexuality. Um, that's a phrase you'll hear a lot with masturbation. I don't know if anyone's heard that out there, but solo sex or self sex. Um, I don't know if you guys agree with that term. I used to attend, and I blogged about this, I used to attend Sexaholics Anonymous and some some fascinating meetings, let me tell you guys. But I went to this for five months and um, different groups. I think there's there's another group, SAA, that doesn't necessarily, I could, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure SAA doesn't think that masturbation is sinful, wrong to be avoided versus SA, which I went to, they viewed it as self-sex and they viewed it as something to be avoided. And they, they included that as a lapse in sexual sobriety if you masturbated. So, so it, people land in different places with this, even calling it self-sex. Some might say, yes, I agree. Some people might say, no, I don't agree with that. Um, 
But I don't know. It's I say all that to say. I just I would love to get a little a little snapshot of where you guys have landed on on this issue. Like, has scripture influenced it? Have any mentors in your life or books you've read or thing other influences informed this decision? Is this something you've kind of just sought out for yourself? Like, I I would love to to hear you guys where you guys have landed with masturbation. Um, yeah, uh, for myself, I don't know. It's it's messy. So, um, I mean, there are days where I was like, yeah, it's a sin, but other days I'm just like, uh, not really. But then again, um, I know it's, it's definitely a struggle to figure this out. And, um, for myself, I'm just going to say I'm in kind of like the gray area, kind of the middle ground. It just depends on the day. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, maybe it's presumptuous to say, I think most if I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, it. I think most Christians are in the gray area. I don't know that most Christians would say it is definitively yes or is definitely not. I think there are times in my life where I can look back where, like I mentioned earlier, I think when I first discovered it as a kid, I had no lustful thoughts when I first discovered it. Was that sinful? I mean, some people might say yes. I don't think so. Um, but there are defini- definitely times where I've done it with lust blaring through my veins. And like I think um, in those situations, yes, I think it was sinful. And so I've landed in that middle area where... Um, I've always tried to approach it with moderation and try to like not let it dominate my routines and my weeks and my months. Because um, I will say the five months, I went to Sexaholics Anonymous for five months and I went masturbation free for five months. And I got to tell you, there were some hard times in that five months, but there was like a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's like a, a clear headedness, just kind of like a freedom isn't the right word because that's too loaded that's such a worded term freedom but but there was a sense of release like not masturbate not masturbatory release but there was a sense of like just clear-headedness focus um where i was really grateful and relieved that this wasn't something that i was going to on a nightly basis or a weekly basis where i don't know i was i was going to these meetings i was reading stuff i was working out i was kind of putting my energies in other places and um and I think I would like to get more to that place again um, in some context because, because um, yeah, I don't know. When my routines are are loaded with masturbation, I just feel like, I just feel like, I don't know, there's a, there's got to be like a, a better ratio. Like I'm not necessarily anti-masturbation, but I don't want to be doing it every single night or multiple times a day or, or whatever the number is that, that is too much. So, so that's kind of where I've landed personally. All I hear is masturbation puns right now, Tom. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Hard release. Basically, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did use a yeah, lot of those yeah. adjectives. So it just happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> let's let's go to Ryan. Nice little segue there. Yeah. I so as for me, um, you know, I think the Bible and Jesus's teaching is very clear on the morality around sexual intercourse. Um, I think the Bible is very clear on morality around lust. I think the Bible is very clear that we shouldn't be beholden to anything. Um, I I don't think all of that adds up to all masturbation is wrong. Um, I think that uh, there's... Um, yeah, I, I I guess I'm not I'm not convinced that all <laughs> I don't I don't think all orgasms are equal in a metaphysical sense that um, um, 
I guess I guess I'm not fully convinced that masturbation falls under the morality umbrella of sexual intercourse. Um, and I think that's that's kind of a big point of contention in this yeah. conversation. The people who are um, who, who say that masturbation is always sinful, it seems like they tend to say that masturbation is sort of a falling short of sexual intercourse and that it's a failure to live up to something that God designed and, and therefore it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not convinced that it's always that. Um, and, and so I kind of land in this place where I say, I don't, I don't think the Bible really um, has there, I don't think the Bible, ha- I, I don't think, yeah, I guess I'll just say, I don't think the Bible has anything to say about masturbation on its own. Mm-hmm. I think the times we've talked about in scripture are either irrelevant or like Jesus in Matthew five. Um, I think that is talking about masturbation with lust. I think it's more about lust than masturbation. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess I don't really see, the Bible giving a clear teaching on this um, when God is not afraid to give clear teaching on so many things. Mm -hmm. Um, And when, uh, and and so God does give us a way to make decisions when there's not a clear morality teaching. And that is wisdom. Um, I think that um I, what, where I've landed for myself is that the question is less, is this moral or immoral? The question is more, when is this wise and when is this unwise? Yeah. And uh, and unlike morality, I think wisdom, different people wind up in different places and that's totally valid. Like, I don't think wisdom is the same for every person. The same way I think morality is universal. Okay, so I wanted to reference because there are people with strong opinions on all sides. And here's kind of what I've noticed happening because I haven't entered into this conversation because I just get exhausted by conflict. So like if I can avoid this conversation as much as possible, that would be great. But here's kind of my thoughts on the factions that have developed because there are some people who are strongly in the camp that masturbation is sinful. You can't do it without lusting, um, that it's self-sex. Sex is meant to be enjoyed with an opposite sex partner in marriage. So therefore, it's just blanket wrong all the time. Um, and I see a lot of fiery emotion from, from these people because then there's these other people who say, no, we, I can lust. I can, I can lust. I can masturbate without lusting. It's more of a physiological release. Um, it's a way to connect with my masculine body. Um, and I think, I think what, what I've seen happen in conversations, I'm not just calling out our, our Discord conversation because I've seen this happening across forums and and articles and blogs you know for years and years and years now is that i feel like both sides kind of have a resentfulness to the other like one is saying why are you calling what i'm doing sinful when i don't my personal beliefs and conviction have led me to believe it's not sinful that i can do this without lusting um and i almost feel like the other camp i don't know maybe it's me just projecting but i think the other camp maybe is upset that the other side has found a loophole, that they're able to do this thing that feels good, it's pleasurable, and not call it sin and 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 live their life and live and continue following Jesus. In many ways, it's almost like a parallel to the side A, side B conversation. Like if if we believe that a, a sexual relationship with a man is incorrect, is wrong, is sinful, but these side A Christians, they've found a loophole. They've found a way to keep following Jesus and yet also have this belief that we 
strongly disagree with. Like it creates strong feelings, it creates strong emotions. And I've, I see a parallel there. It's not a perfect parallel, but I see a parallel of these factions and kind of the other side looking at the other side um, with a little bit of resentment or a little bit of non-empathy. And I, I really hope that like more empathy can come into this conversation. Cause this is like, I don't believe anyone, you know, I think we all have to come to our own decisions and beliefs about this. It's not something that I've, at least personally, I've entered into lightly. Um, like I, I see merit in both, in both sides. Like I need both voices speaking into this, um, into this for me to, to kind of pave my own path through, through this topic. Mm. Yeah. And I want to just jump in and um, add something I wanted to say earlier, which is that I really appreciated that one Yabber's question of what do you think uh, sex is for? Because yes, I agree that that really uh, influences where you land on this question. I know like a lot of Catholic and other high, high church um, denominations teach that sex is for procreation and that sex that is not procreative is, is generally illicit. And so um, I think that can, I think if you believe that, you know, I'm, I I personally, I'm not sure that I agree, but I'm not gonna, you know, start throwing punches at the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, if you believe that, I think that is valid to kind of carry that along to masturbation um, probably, but, uh, but like, I think it's not saying that's valid for somebody else. Isn't enough for me to form a, a conviction for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'll say that you made me think of just now is that, um, in this, in this kind of dynamic of one, one group finds more permissiveness um, than, than another group does. I think what I don't, one thing I'm conscious about is that I don't want to wind up like the prodigal son's older brother where I obey and obey and obey. And I view it as my job to, um, to withhold from myself, uh, pleasure that 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 could be legit like legitimately mine um and then growing embittered in that Mm -hmm. and so i think there's there's kind of this dynamic of some people are saying well what you know better safe than sorry like why why play with fire why you know if it's not yeah, maybe it feels good, but why, why risk it? And I think that's, that's kind of the flip side to that. That's the risk, right? Like that's, um, when, when we, when we deny ourselves good things, then we do risk becoming that embittered older brother who never gave themselves permission to, uh, to enjoy what, what God has created for us and what God has given us. And so that's, that's, I think why I don't sort of, I, you know, my, my, my natural inclination is a pretty safe person. And so, um, and so usually there's like a, if there's a why risk it answer, usually I'll go for that. But I think in this case, this is, there's not a, I I don't feel like there's a low risk alternative. I don't think there's a low risk out here. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's good. Any closing thoughts, Matthew? Yeah, um, I don't care. So that's my closing thoughts. <laughs> yeah, my hope is just, again, that we can just listen to each other more, um, hear where we're all coming from, because, um, yeah, where I've landed is, like, I, I, I don't think it's particularly, I don't think it's sinful, but I also don't know that it's, like, again, I think for me personally, my life is better if I do it less. But but there's the classic, like, okay, we still have our bodies. We still have our urges and our desires, and what do we do with them? And so maybe the answer is finding a channel of, like, working out more or connecting in friendship and fellowship with people and, like, finding or finding creativity for our erotic energy, like, finding finding some kind of other outlet. Maybe that's part of the solution. But um, but I just hope that in in general, I hope we are just able to have a posture of empathy and listening to where people are coming from. To where, yeah, maybe for some people, it's really legitimately not helpful to to ever masturbate, and and finding complete sobriety from it is the best path forward. And maybe for others, they've found a way to like um, to sin less, to have less consequence of like temptation to porn or temptation to hook up with a guy or or what have you because they masturbate instead um like there's all all kinds of different vantage points um in this conversation so i don't know i hope i hope it's the first part of a conversation that we continue to have about just listening to each other and um just showing grace and empathy for years and years and years Masturbation is something that's elicited a lot of shame from those childhood days of recording my quote-unquote last time on a whiteboard, a definitive line in the sand that after a few days or weeks wasn't as definitive. The line's not as solid, more easily erased than I thought. And I feel the weight of that shame from the lustful thoughts, the fantasies that accompanied the act. And there have been many stretches of my life where I've been utterly dependent on the act to soothe whatever stress I was feeling at the time. Be it loneliness, be it lack of purpose, be it relational conflict, be it some combination of all of these, the stress of life, And I can't help feeling that this shame, like a weight that I carry with me from one day to the next, isn't what God has for me, isn't what he has for any of his children. For years, I journaled about my struggle with masturbation and lust, always using coded language in my writings, terrified of someone finding it. And while I would certainly never claim to have overcome the struggle of shame when it comes to my lust, when it comes to my thought patterns. I find myself grateful that there's more space, more arenas to have these hard conversations and to be reassured that I'm not the only one still trying to find my way through the fog. When love sees you, is a song sung by Mac Powell in the first-person voice of Jesus. And so much of the lyrics come from the Sermon on the Mount 
in Matthew 5, when Jesus speaks to the masses and says quite plainly, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I have to believe that in this particular issue of masturbation that so many people are truly hungering and thirsting for righteousness. A pureness of heart, a desire to see the face of God through all of their struggles, sexual or otherwise. And Powell's song speaks into the struggle, speaks into the story, the human story that we all live. Tell me your story, show me your wounds, and I'll show you what love sees when love looks at you. Hand me the pieces, broken and bruised, and I'll show you what love sees when love sees you. I see what I made in your mother's womb, and I see the day I fell in love with you. I see your tomorrows, nothing left to chance. I see my father's fingerprints. I see your story, I see my name, written on every beautiful page. You see the struggle, you see the shame. I see the reason I came. I came for your story, I came for your wounds, to show you what love sees when I see you. And so, my brothers, on this boundless road with countless voices crying for our attention and devotion, may we ever strive with each step not to allow ourselves, our bodies, our minds to be beholden to another. May we take great joy in the bodies we've been given and May we discern how rightly to use them. May our shame be lessened and loosened for the things we've done, the thoughts we've strayed from, the ways we've lost our bearing. May our navigation ever be pointed Christward through the clouds and the gray. God go with us in our foggy navigations, the places we desperately need his wisdom, his presence, his relentless entering into our uncertainties, his granting us peace, rest, empathy, sweet peace and rest for our own souls and deep empathy for those searching, those still finding their way, including ourselves. Well, I'm happy with uh, this uh, masturbation issue. Uh, what do you guys say for yourself? Yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt, you've done fetishes, you've done masturbation, you've done hookups. Is there any yep. sexual topic we haven't covered yet with you? I, I, I feel like we've uh, we did, covered that. Uh, I think, um, I mean, we did do kinks as well. 
Um, that was the fetishes episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. You're you're right. Um, no, but Matt, make lots of jokes. But I I really do appreciate your perspective because you you've been very open about your sexual experiences, and so I I value your perspective as a very um, valued member of our community, certainly of our podcast team. So thank you, Matt. And Ryan, thanks also for your thoughts. Yeah, I think, you know, at the beginning, we were talking about how how many people think that they were are the first person on the planet to discover masturbation. Mm. And I think that's a symptom of us just not talking about something Ugh. as yeah. much as we should. It's crazy how many times I've heard that. I mean, I've thought it if so many yabbers mentioned that they thought that, yeah, this is something they discovered. It's crazy that it's not something that's talked about. And it's part of our bodies. It's part of our, yeah, our thoughts, thought patterns and things that we discover along the way as we, as we grow up. So I don't know. I hope, hope this was a good conversation. If you feel like if you've never heard a conversation about masturbation before, hooray, we're so glad that we were able to have that. And we hope it's not the last. We hope there are more, uh, more conversations. To come. Sorry to anyone who listened to this and realized they didn't invent it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I invented it. Yeah. You didn't get a patent, no copyright. You guys, we want to hear from you. Uh, if you're so brave, we would love, honestly, to hear your perspective on this issue. Wherever you land, honestly, wherever you've landed on this issue, we would love to hear your perspective. Go over to our podcast episode page, yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Find the episode 78 post on masturbation and tell us. Tell us the story, how you discovered it and or where you've landed, how scripture has guided you, how other voices have guided you how you've seen it beneficial or not beneficial in your life. Like um, we just love it to be a place where stories can be shared and no one's demanding one person believe one way or another, but this is just something that we talk about and learn, you know, with Yab, we take a stand on, um, on like what to do with our homosexuality, but then as far as God's design for sexuality and marriage, but masturbation is this area that we are all over the place as, as authors, as podcast voices, and certainly as community members. And so, um, we just want to create an arena for conversation. So, so if you guys want to comment on the vlog, we would love your perspectives. Yeah, and if you want to uh, do erotic details, you can email it to Tom, and he'll read all of it. I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. That's what the no yacht line details. is for. That's what they, no. That is that is a misuse of the Yabline, fellow fellow listeners. Um, no, we always say keep your story shares PG thirteen or below. We don't want to get you know super risque for the sake of being risque. But um, but no, we'd love to just hear from you guys. And thank you, kittens. And, <laughs> save and, and save the kittens. <laughs> oh my gosh, no! <laughs> for meowing all over this episode. Just remember the kittens, you guys. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Matt Ryan, so good having you guys. Love having you. Always a treat. Um, you guys, that's going to do it, I think, for this episode of our show. We'll be back soon for another exciting, rousing episode um, of either the Yobcast or the Convocast. So stay tuned. For all your other brothers, my name is Tom. And I'm Matt. And this is Ryan. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Laters. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. Theme music is Fear Is Not My Lover by Nathan Rousseau. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com 
slash podcast or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash your other bros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.